want to invite you to stand and sing with us as we begin our time together this morning. Let's stand together. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Sing Hero of Heaven. Oh, Hero of Heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We can't sing your freedom, awaken the rise. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God.
Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We want to say thank you for being here. We are glad that you're here. And if you're new with us, we want to say especially welcome to you. We are so thankful that you would spend some time with us this week here at Broadway. Uh, we hope you got a bulletin on your way in. If you did, there's a little perforated section on the edge of it. If you're new with us, maybe this is your first time or your first time in a while, uh, or you've been coming for a while and you haven't connected with us yet, that's okay. We just simply ask that you fill that card out, tear it off, and you can drop it in the offering plate here in just a few moments when it comes by. Or if you missed that, that's okay. We can have you turn it in at the end of service at our welcome desk located in the back of our sanctuary. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit better and how we can best minister to you and your family in the coming days here at Broadway. Uh, we're excited about all the things that are going on. We hope you're paying attention to the slides and your bulletins to see uh, all of our announcements and upcoming events and things like that. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, and then we're going to continue with our worship service this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that we can come and worship you this morning. God, we thank you that uh, you bring a, a new year and a new beginning for us. And so, God, we, we thank you that uh, we can start that off in, in, in praise of you. Uh, Lord, now as we continue our worship together, God, we pray that you're honored, that you're exalted, and that you're lifted high. Lord, we thank you that uh, we can praise you. We thank you for the, the many blessings that you give us and the, the grace that you extend to us through Jesus. Um, Lord, now we, uh, we pray that your spirit would be in this place that you would move in and amongst our midst, and that you would speak to each and every one of us in an individual way. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand as we continue to sing together this morning. Now let's stand and worship.
ushers come as our ushers come forward, I'm going to invite you to have a seat. And let's pray together as we move into our time of offering. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, uh, Lord, we thank you that we can sing that it's finished, it's done. Uh, Lord, because of the sacrifice that you made uh, on the cross, God, we thank you that uh, our salvation is complete. Lord, and we thank you that um, it's, of, it's not of our own doing. Uh, Lord, now as we move into our time of giving back, God, we, we recognize that you have given us so, so much. And Lord, we want to be cheerful and generous givers. And so, God, we pray this morning as we give our tithes and our offerings, um, God, that you would take our gifts and that you would bless them to further your kingdom and your mission through our church here at Broadway. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
that you bring us through your love, through your son Jesus, the grace that you provide for us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. 2019 marks a hundred years that Southern Baptist Offering for International Missions has been called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. You probably know that 100% of the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering goes directly overseas to support IMB missionaries serving around the world. 0% goes to overhead and administrative cost. Every penny goes directly to IMB missionaries to declare the majesty of Christ to a lost world. Inspired by a spirit of a gospel-driven partnership, the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering is an effective initiative that God is using to extend His work in a world that desperately needs to hear that Christ died for the forgiveness of sin because of the mercy and grace of God. Lottie Moon isn't the name of a clever marketing campaign. It marks the legacy of a giant who followed Christ with full surrender and championed others to do the same. We have given already over almost $13,000 to our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's very encouraging. Uh, Lottie Moon, that is the Southern Baptist Mission offering that supports 5,000 missionaries serving all over the world, telling folks about Jesus. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Then we're going to flip in our Bibles, and we're going to look later on at Genesis chapter 1. John 14 and Genesis chapter 1. Today begins an exciting day. We are going to have the month of January is a four Sunday month. So this entire month, I'll be preaching about heaven. Do you know, heaven is something, when you think about it, 
a lot of times you don't hear a lot of Sunday school lessons or sermons on heaven uh, for some reason. You know, I was actually thinking about my, the most common asked about topics that folks ask me questions about. Uh, number one is divorce, number two is remarriage, uh, book of Revelation, homosexuality, and then number five is heaven. That's, so it's right, a lot of folks ask questions about heaven, but uh, you just don't hear a lot about it. But we are going to answer all the questions that you have. Uh, what is heaven like? Why do we go to heaven? What, uh, who, how will I know people? Will I recognize folks? Will I be married? There will be all those questions What we're going to go through here answering about heaven. You know, this past week, we were down at Walt Disney World, and it's been six and a half years since I've been down to Walt Disney World, and Disney, and I grew up going to Walt Disney World, but I was the Magic Kingdom Epcot guy, because that's what I grew up with, and that's kind of what I call the old school Disney. You know, I would, uh, you go there to Magic Kingdom, and you've got the classic rides, Peter Pan, Dumbo, Space Mountain, the little people mover that go, I mean, the stuff's from the 70s. Uh, it's, it's a small world. Uh, you get that stuck in your head all day, that little song. Um, you know, just your, uh, the carousel, uh, the, the, the Cinderella's castle, that, that type. That's what I'm used to at Disney World. So I was there at the first part of the week, and I was looking around and go, wow, you know, the folks here at the Magic Kingdom, especially at Epcot, are, um, you're, they're either really young, like little two- and three-year-olds, riding the little Dumbo rides, or they're senior adults. I mean, even David Dale here in church, they can take a senior adult trip down to Magic Kingdom. I mean, if you're an old-school person, Magic Kingdom, Epcot's for you. I think, where are the teenagers? Where are the millennials at? Well, they're there. You know, Disney knows. Disney's, you know, well, if Disney's going to do something, they're going to be top of the line. Well, later that week, we went to this place called um, Hollywood Studios. Disney World has four theme parks. So we go to Hollywood Studios. I walk in. And I was old. And I look around and go, here they are. Every teenager in the country, every 20-year-old was there. So why were they there? Disney has put all their eggs in one basket. And that basket's called Star Wars. Star Wars, they purchased, they bought, I guess George Lucas sold it to them a few years ago. And now Disney owns Star Wars. And they've put billions, it has to be billions, of dollars into Star Wars. And what happened is their rides are unbelievable, how high-tech they are and what, what they do. And they're there at Hollywood Studios, and i.e., that's where the young people are at, too. Well, I share that because we as Christians, just as Disney has put all their eggs into Star Wars, we put our eggs into heaven. Our focus, our attention, where we want to set our sights towards is where believers in Christ are going to go to. If you are a saved, born-again believer, you are going to heaven. And if you're going to go there, we need to know what the Bible says about heaven. So we're going to turn, we're going to look at two different scriptures today. John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus says here, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. 
in my father's house. So who is his father's house? His father's house, that's God the Father. Jesus is talking about heaven. He's not talking about the temple. He's not talking about a house he grew up in in Capernaum or Nazareth. He's saying, he's not talking about Joseph, his father, earthly father. He's talking about God the Father's heaven. It says here, in my Father's house are many rooms. It's not a no vacancy sign. In heaven, God has a large place with lots of room. Jesus died for the world's sins. He wants everyone saved. You don't go up to heaven and says, oh, we don't have a room for you. We're going to we have to turn you away. In fact, that happened. Our last night there at Hollywood Studios, because there's so many people at that place because of Star Wars and young folks, Disney does, and 60 years ago when I went, they didn't have these things called fast passes. Fast passes, you get like three or four times the ride, you cut in line and go to the front. But it's hard to get those things. Well, Sherry had one to Fantasmic, which is a big laser light show. Well, it was supposed to start at, at um, 8 o'clock, the show. And she has a fast pass. So she assumes she's going to walk right up and scan her fast pass and right, go right through. Well, we got stuck in some other line, and we didn't walk up till like 8.01. Well, it was closed because it was full. And when I say full, you understand, full for us is like if somebody's like, you're getting sort of close to somebody, you're like, ah, I'm a little uncomfortable. Disney World, full means every single pew is packed in, plus another couple thousand standing around. You couldn't even walk into the room. It was full, and they were turning people away. Well, heaven's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like, hey, I got saved when I was nine. Why can't I get in? There's no room for you, Daniel. God is saying here, I have many rooms. If you're saved, there's a place for you. And he says, if not, I would have told you. Jesus is saying, I don't lie. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Meaning, Jesus at this point hasn't died and been resurrected and ascended. He's telling his disciples, I am actually, when I ascend after I'm resurrected, I'm going to heaven. Jesus isn't floating around here on earth. He's in heaven with the Father preparing a place for you if you're a believer. Keep going here. Verse 3. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be myself, so that where I am, you may be also. Meaning Christ is saying, either our last breath on earth is our first breath, if we breathe in heaven, which I don't think we do, was your first breath in eternity is with the Lord in heaven. Or Jesus comes again at the second coming, and he calls his church up, and they go to heaven. So we now have confidence that Christ is coming back for us if you're a believer. Why is he doing that? So that where I am, that's where Jesus is, you may be also. Keep going here. Verse 4, you know the way to where I'm going. So you know how to get there. Now, Thomas is going to speak up. We all know Thomas. He was that guy that got, unfortunately, the reputation being known as Doubting Thomas that resurrected Jesus when his fellow brothers and disciples 
said, hey, Thomas, we've seen the resurrected Jesus. Thomas looks at him and says, unless I can put my hand in his, put my finger in his hand and touch his side because I saw that man, he was dead on a cross, I will not believe. Jesus walks in a room with the disciples, looks straight at Thomas and says, Thomas, come on up here. Put your hand in my hand. Put your hand in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Well, here's Thomas again with his doubts. Verse 5, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Where are you going? Your father's house. Many rooms. Did you get a hotel somewhere? What? How? I have no clue where you're going. How do I know how to get there? Now, look at how Jesus responds. Jesus answers this question from Thomas with probably one of the best Bible verses after John 3.16. If you know someone who doesn't know the Lord and you want to witness to them, all you have to do is read them this Bible verse. This Bible verse tells and communicates the gospel. Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now look at that. Jesus is saying, Thomas, listen. I am the way. If you want to get to God, it's not through Islam. It's not through Buddhism. It's not through even Judaism. It's through Jesus. The only way to salvation to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't one of many ways. He isn't a way of this religious pluralism that folks say, well, if you're sincere, that's okay. Jesus is saying, if you're going to get to the Father in heaven and see the many rooms that He has, it is solely through the Son. And He goes on to say, I'm the truth. All truth is found in God. Jesus, when He speaks, it comes true. He does not lie. If He says He's going to make you a room, you're getting a room. And He says the life, the greatest life to live is a life for Christ. It's not a life for amusement parks. It's not a life to make lots of money. It's not a life to just go out to eat all the time and do whatever you want to do. Jesus is offering you and I in 2020 he says, you want to have a great year and a great decade? Are you, are you tired of being stuck? Do you want more? Then you all, Jesus holding out his hand and says, it's me. You, think about it. Today's day five of 2020. You made a New Year's resolution. You made a commitment. Maybe a commitment to go deeper in your prayer life. Do you expect God to answer your prayers? Maybe you need to, maybe you just aren't reading the Bible every day. You want to know God, you know God through scriptures. He's, Jesus is extending to you and I to say, if you want a great life, here I am. You know, one of the most important things is if you make a commitment to God through his church. You know, Jesus established church. This isn't some man made organization. He looked at Peter and says, on this rock, I will build my church. God expects us to come to church every week. 
God expects us to serve in our church. God expects us men to be deacons and serve and give our lives for Him. If Jesus gave His life for you and I, we are to give our time, talents, and treasures to the Lord. How do you do it? Jesus is saying, it's me. We are to live a Christ-centered, God-centered life. And I want you to know, this is the hardest thing to do. Because everything in this world out there pulls you away from it. Trips to Disney World, vacations, what materialism, things you feel like you want and need. It pulls and pulls and pulls. And Jesus is saying, no, that leaves you empty. You just want more. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to, if you want to go to heaven, or if you want to, someone in your family to go to heaven, Jesus Christ is it. He is the only way. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 7. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know Him. You have seen Him. If you want to know God, you know the Son. Jesus Christ is calling you and I to know Him. Pull out your little bulletin insert here. If you have a bulletin, make sure you pull this out. Because we're going to answer this question. We say, okay, Daniel, I know there's an eternity. I know the Bible talks about a heaven. But how do we know when we die that we're just not going to be buried in the ground and stay in the ground forever. Like, what, what is it that makes us live forever? Have you ever wondered that? That's what the Bible calls a soul. And we're going to, is a key part of understanding eternity. Here on your little bulletin insert, it says down there at the bottom, principles for today. There's a Bible verse, we won't turn there, I'll just share it with you. Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says that God has placed in our hearts a hunger for eternity. Meaning he has actually set eternity into your hearts. Do you all know what that means? That means God has put a desire in our life that we know there's more than this. There's something greater and beyond us. Well... We won't turn there, but how do we know we're eternal beings? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 57, verse 15, the Bible says that God lives forever. He has no beginning. He has no end. You know, we have a beginning. Humans were created on the sixth day. We were born. Jesus has always existed. God the Father, the Holy Spirit, are eternal. There wasn't a beginning and there's not an end for them. Time, they are not bound by time. So what happens is they don't live on this linear scale that we do. When we were created, God did something to mankind that set us apart from all the other creation. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis Look at this. This is an amazing Bible verse here. Genesis chapter 1 tells us why we live forever. 
This is on the sixth day of creation. After God had made all, everything else, He made the animals, He made the fish, made the sun, the moon, the stars, the birds, trees, everything out there. All of creation. But there's still one thing left. And that's Adam and Eve are next. He hasn't created man. And look what happens here in verse 26. Then God said, let us. Who's us right here? Involved in creation was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The reason we know that is John chapter 1 tells us this. Jesus was there at creation. Let us, meaning the Trinity of God, make man in our image. That means we were created in the image of God. This is why, you know, and I think it's in two weeks, is what we call Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. This is why murder is wrong. It's wrong for us to get a gun or to get a car and go kill someone. The Bible says if you do that, if you take someone's life, you're in judgment, of your capital punishment, you can an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The state, the government can take our life for that because we have killed someone. They say, Daniel, what was an accident? In the Old Testament, they had seven cities of refuge. And if you accidentally killed someone, you had to go live in a city of refuge. And it was a place basically for people who accidentally killed folks and committed crimes. And they had to go there for their punishment. They couldn't just live among, there was still punishment for that. But what happens here is we were created in the image of God. This is what sets us apart from the rest of all of creation. This is why abortion is wrong. This is why we value people as created in the image and in the likeness of God. Because they have something that the animal world doesn't have. People have what we call souls. A soul is what lives for eternity. As much as we love our animals, they don't live for an eternity. As much as we love other things, it doesn't last. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. You say, well, preacher, how do you know? The Bible says the lion and the lamb. Yes, there are such things as heavenly animals up there. We don't know much about them, but there are animals that God created that are in heaven. Also the cherubim and cherubim and angels. According to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. God has set us apart in this area. This is how you and I are like the Lord. This is why it's important to know that Jesus is the only way, because every single person driving by our church right now has a soul. Jesus Christ went to a cross, He died for them, and Jesus Christ wants to make a room for them in heaven for, so they can live with Him, just like a recreation of Garden of Eden forever with the tree of life. Keep going here, verse 27. The Bible says, So God created man in His own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. We were created as either a man or a woman. You know, there, this speaks so much to our culture today. 
Marriage is between a man and a woman. We value human life. The two most contentious issues for Christians today are homosexuality and abortion. And these two Bible verses answer both of them. God created all humans in His image, and He made them a man and a woman. And that's it. That's God's plan right there from Genesis chapter 1. Look at the last verse here, verse 28. It goes on to say, God blessed them. We were blessed by the Lord. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God's plan for us is that we are to multiply and fill the earth. Having children, multiplying is a good thing. Children, the Bible says, are a blessing from the Lord. Why? Because God created us, not for us to die out, but for us to populate the earth. God loves His creation. He loves people. Jesus died for people. He wants more people to come in to heaven. God's plan for you, for me, is for us to go to heaven. Pull back out your bulletin insert right here. Look what it says. Principles for today. We're going to look at this last principle. So you say, well, Dan, what do I do? I now know that I have a soul. I now know that God's eternal. I now know that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, and that He's making a room for me. So what do I do knowing there's a heaven and that I still am here on earth? Here's the dilemma we as believers are in. We know where we're going. If you're saved, you're going to heaven to be with Jesus. But the challenge is, you're not in heaven right now. You're on earth. And here on earth, there's sin, there's problems, there's people, there's issues. It's messy. It's, just, it's not heaven. There is no such thing as heaven on earth. So this is what we're to do. God's plan for you and I is that we must choose to focus on and to prepare for our eternal home that awaits us. What that means is God wants you and I to be using our time and our resources to be leading people to heaven. Remember this parable Jesus told about the parable of the talents? You use your talents for what? Kingdom work. And the guy that went and buried his talent, God's the, the king, the owner, scolded him for that. Because he wasted what he had. Jesus is looking at you and not lying. You and I and saying, do not waste your life. Don't waste your time. Waste your resources. Do you know, Sherry and I, we were down there at this Disney World. And Disney World, insane how many people were there. Outrageous. We're there in every line. If you don't have that fast pass, you're staying two to three hours a line. I mean, unbelievable. And we were saying, Lion Sherry and I, and this, these two ladies, and you have to get there six in the morning. I mean, you have to be there extremely early, ready to go. If you're just going to show up at the Magic Kingdom at, say, 10, 10 30, sleep a little late, so I'll roll on it, your day's over. Like, so we're standing there, and these, these women walk up, and they're just, they're like 35, 40. They're walking around, and we overhear them, they see how long the lines are. And they have the end of the line assigned how many minutes. And it's a two-hour wait, this one, run, one ride. And this woman's like, 
I mean, she's getting frustrated because, you know, you just spent a fortune to walk through the gates of the park. And now the lines, here we are, you're going to spend all day ride three rides, that's it. So there's frustration. She's like, I'm not standing in a two-hour line. And we overhear them talking, like they're getting mad. It's like, there's no way I'm going to do this. I'm, you know, you want to just leave and go to Disney Springs and go shopping? <laughs> that's what the woman said. And I'm thinking, these folks paid all this money to walk into the park, don't want to wait in the line, and now they're going to go shopping at another place and spend more money. I mean, Disney really has it down. They know how to collect on you. Because they know you don't want to wait in line, so if they can't get you there, you're going to go there and spend money. They've got it. And I think in our lives, this is what that same frustration that you can have and when there's an insane amount of people at an amusement park can be for us as believers. You're wanting more from your Christian life. But listen, just like at the amusement park at Disney World, if you aren't willing to stand in that two-hour line, listen, you're not riding the ride. If you as a believer, if you aren't going to have spiritual disciplines in 2020, spiritual disciplines, old bread and butter, like saying a line, attending church, serving at your church, reading your Bible, Praying a prayer sheet every day. Listen, guys, if you aren't going to go and do those dinky old spiritual disciplines, you will be stuck spiritually. You're just stuck. It's like going to Disney World, like, this is miserable. I don't want to wait in line. I want to leave. Let's go shopping. Spiritual breakthrough comes from the old, just bread and butter of what it means to focus on the Lord. You do those things, God will bless you. God will work through you. You will grow closer to Jesus this new year. This will be the best decade of your life. You'll wrap up 10 years from today. You'll be 10 years older, and you will know your Bible. You will witness the Lord do miracles through you. You will see the power of God work through your prayer life. But if you aren't willing to stand in the line and you're not willing to do the dirty work, you will not experience it. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't be that guy that goes and buries his talent because he doesn't want to do the dirty work. And it's hard. You have to get up early, go stand in the line and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to live for him. Jesus made that statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This morning, if you were here, and Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, and you are not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, you need to get saved. Jesus is calling you home. He's calling you to eternal life. He's calling you to take what you were created in the image of God. You were made for God. And He wants to take you and I that were made for God, for us to set our hearts on living our life for Him. This morning, we have an invitation. I'm going to buy our band right now and come forward. I'm going to be standing down front. We close up this service with an invitation. If you want to know Jesus this morning, you come forward and talk to me. I will lead you in a prayer, and you can pray and receive Jesus. He went to the cross for you and I so we can know Him so we can have an eternal life with Him forever. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up.
We're going to have our invitation. This is our time of response. You can make a commitment. You can come to know the Lord. You unite and join this church this morning. I'll be standing up front as our band leads us, waiting for you to respond. thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. Yeah. 
seated for just a moment. I've been moving, exciting time here. This here is Todd and Kim Hash. They've been coming, gosh, for about three or four or five months now, isn't it? Yeah, about that time. So uh, I've had a chance to get to know them. They also attend Raphael Jubin. I, I think it was at the early service, I think. I think he came at 9 o'clock service. They're in Sunday school there with the Jubin family. Uh, so they're getting very involved here in church. Um, they're coming this morning wanting to transfer their membership to Broadway Baptist Church from another church here, a local area Baptist Church. So we're excited about them. Uh, they're uh, uh, just great folks. I've had a chance, Sherry and I have had a chance to get to know them. We're excited about what God has in store for them kicking off the new year, making Broadway their church home. So if you are excited for Todd and for Kim Hash uniting and joining Broadway Baptist Church, will you join me in saying amen, amen. So we're so excited about that. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I think, Chris, you have a couple of closing announcements, but when Chris is done with that, we always have a receiving line. So you need to come by and welcome the Hash family here to Broadway Baptist, certainly connect with them and let them know that you're, uh, you're proud they're part of our church family. Chris, you have closing announcements, yeah. right? Amen. Well, we are glad uh, that the Hashes have joined us this morning. They've already been a part of us for a while, and we're excited that they're going to continue to be part of us here at Broadway. Uh, I'm going to remind you that tonight we have service at 6 o'clock, and don't forget we will be here Wednesday, uh, meal at 5 o'clock, and then we are back on our normal schedule uh, this week. So. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Mr. Ray Vasquez. Ray is our chairman of deacons. He's going to pray for us, and then we will be dismissed. Thank you, Chris. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for just a glorious morning, Father, to come and, and just worship you, Father, today in your house. Lord, we thank you for the blessings of those that have come forward today and joined your church here at Broadway. Father, we know that you have a place for them here and know that they're going to serve you mightily, Father. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for our pastors here. And all those, Father, that teach Sunday school and, and work in your church, Father. And, Lord, we just continue to ask that you would open our doors, Father, to this community, Lord God. And help us to be a beacon of light on the hill, Father. And, uh, Lord, just be glorified in all that we do. Bless us this week as we go our way and lead us to those that need you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you tonight.